Last week in our first reading and in the gospel, we had this commandment to love God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. And if you heard me preach last weekend, my reflection on that was, how are we all in for God? Why do we need to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Why is that an imperative for our life as Christians? And this weekend, we have two widows offered to us for reflection. And for me, the two widows point to how we love God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength. First widow who meets the prophet Elijah, it's a time of famine in this land. And Elijah is away from his homeland. He's running away from being killed. And so he's starving. And he runs into this widow, hoping that out of her generosity, she'll give him enough for him to survive. But in their encounter, finds out that she too is starving and dying as well. That she only has enough for one last meal, and then she'll just await death. And the gall of Elijah is that he asks her to make a small cake for him before she eats her last meal meaning that she will have to make two smaller cakes for her son and herself so that she can at least give something to Elijah. Then in the gospel, the widow that Jesus points out, the treasury was right near the temple and it's where people would contribute to the temple. And he points this one widow out who comes and places two small copper coins, which would pretty much be the equivalent if your contribution this Sunday was five pennies into the collection basket. Not worth anything. They didn't use copper coins to pay for things. It was leftover. We don't use pennies anymore. But Jesus points out her gift as more significant than anyone else that's coming to give something to the treasury. Why would so much be asked when it seems like they've already given everything, they're asked to give yet a little bit more? See, we're often stuck in a mentality where we feel like we have to collect things in our life in order to be able to love God. That we have to bring more things in our life to be able to find those most important things that we're looking for in our life. And in preparing for this homily, I came across a statistic that's kind of staggering to me, but proves the point. Alberta, even though our economy has suffered over the last number of years, is still one of the strongest economies in the country, one of the strongest provinces. And yet even with that, our average consumer debt in this province is $6,000 higher than any other province in the country. That the average consumer debt in Alberta is $26,000 which doesn't include debt from a mortgage. That's debt that comes on top of a mortgage. And even further still, the average consumer debt for those who live in Fort McMurray, which in that area drives our economy predominantly in this province, the average consumer debt up there is $6,000 higher than the average for the province. So how could places that seemingly have more have greater debt? It's because we 
get driven by this need to collect things in order to find fulfillment. And yet, the widows that we have today do the exact opposite. Today, on Remembrance Day, we could take the gift of soldiers for reflection as well. That we remember all those men and women who have given their life for freedom and for peace in this country. But when we think of those who went to war, what kind of gift did they offer? Was it a perfect gift that they offered with their life for the sake of our freedom and peace? Well, there were professional soldiers that went over to war, but they quickly realized they needed more help, and so they asked for volunteers. How much training did they get before they went over? They weren't skilled soldiers, and yet they went anyway. They didn't know what they could offer to the fight, but they went anyway. Many volunteered even though they were underage and lied about their age so that they could go and help. Not strong enough, boys still, and yet they went anyway. And maybe some went with not very pure motives for wanting to go to war, but they went anyway. And when we remember on Remembrance Day, do we categorize the different sacrifices that they made? Do we put one category, the professional soldiers who probably did more for the cause than the 16-year-old boy who only spent three months in training before being shipped overseas? Or do we categorize the ones who went for pure motives versus impure motives? No. They offered themselves with whatever they had, and we honor them all equally. See, the widow with Elijah, widows in that time, was, it's not good to be a widow. The only hope that a widow had in that time was that she would have a son who could look after her. That was her only hope of survival, really. And in the reading that we hear today, we hear that her son can't provide for her. She's going home to make the last meal for her and her son, and they're both going to die, which means that the meal that she was going to use to bake that cake probably was pretty poor. That's all she had to offer to Elijah. Or the widow in the gospel. The Greek word that's used to describe her gift is she gave her bios, which we should hear a familiar word in that when we think of biology. What does that word mean? Life. She gave her life which was worth two copper coins. See, when we think of how do we give our love to God, how do we love God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, sometimes we think of doing that by collecting things, kind of like Jesus points out with the scribes in the gospel, that we think that we're going to do that by our perfect acts of charity, by our contributions, by the way that we are kind. And does it include those things? Yeah. But there's another part that we can't forget. It's our poverty. It's our brokenness. God asks for our sin. Jean Vanier, when describing his community of L'Arche, where handicapped people come to live together and others are there to serve, 
when he talked about the way that he came, he didn't talk, he never talks about serving large communities as bringing something to them that they don't have. The way that he describes it, he says, I give to them my poverty. That's what he has to offer. His own poverty that he offers to them to help them in their poverty. But are we willing to do that? Are we willing to give over that brokenness, that poverty? I heard a line in a video that I watched this week that you can find on Grand and Media's website. And it was a reflection on Remembrance Day from a retired military chaplain. And he was reflecting and he was talking about an experience of uh, a soldier that he knew who died. And he said that we have the gift of praying as sons, as daughters, as our birthright. As Christians, baptized Christians, we pray as sons and daughters. But the ability to pray as a father comes from our decisions and our scars. That the ability to pray as father, as mother, comes from those decisions, probably decisions that we made poorly, and our scars, which are the consequence of our poor decisions. For me in my life with my father, the greatest gift that I hold from him is not that he was always a great leader, good public speaker, someone that people respected. That's not what I hold as a gift from him. He was a man who always struggled with temper, but he was always the first to ask us kids for forgiveness. And he didn't like his temper. And so after 32 years of him as my father, the man that I remember from a child is not the man that I know now because he knew his weakness, he knew his poverty, and he offered it. He offered his fatherhood in that. Are we willing to give that brokenness, that poverty to God? Because he wants that too. That is a gift of love. And if you want one last image to think about it, do we see a five-year-old's self-portrait that they give to mom and dad as any less of a gift than the great artist that creates his own self-portrait? No. Because it's a full gift of self. That's what the widows show us. It's a total gift of everything. All of the good and all of the not so good. Because that's what Jesus shows us. As we've been hearing through the letter to the Hebrews, his priesthood, what does Jesus offer as a sacrifice on the cross? The Son of God emptied himself of the glory of heaven to become human, to take on all the weakness and brokenness of what it means to be human, and offered that to the Father. Into your hands I commend my spirit. That's what he offered, just himself, his frailty. And that's what we do every time we come to Mass. Lord, here I am, broken, but yours. Mm -hmm.